This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode of the Journey Within Podcast. Well, it is that time of year again. It is tag season. Always comes up fast and furious. We are recording this mid-January. We've got a couple of big deadlines coming up at the end of January, early February that we're going to talk about. I've got Eric Shell on today, one of our tags consultants in the office out of Sydney. Um, and just like all the guys over there, Eric can talk me in circles of all the tag stuff. But we get a ton of interest on just specific deadlines. So something we're going to try to do with our podcasts going forward is we're going to break them up into a little bit smaller um, I guess more manageable bite-sized pieces for people that are more specific, right? We're today we're gonna talk mainly about Wyoming elk deadlines coming up January 31st, and then Arizona elk and antelope, which is coming up February 6th. Um, we're also gonna talk about some spring turkey ones that are are more unique. Um, guys looking for stuff like that. But we're gonna mainly focus on Wyoming and Arizona, just talking elk and antelope. They're some of the biggest ones that we apply. There's a lot going on there. Um, and Eric's going to go into detail of all that stuff. How are you doing today, Eric? Doing wonderful, Mark. Always great to be here, and I appreciate sitting down and talking to you. Yeah, perfect. Well, before, you know, something, as we were BSing before we got on this thing, something I forgot to to bring up to you, we're right in the middle of Sonora mule deer hunting, right? It's the middle of January. It's it's prime season. Um, we've had a couple couple of, you start to hear, right? Sounds like it's been a pretty pretty tough year down in Sonora for everybody all the way around on, on growth. And just that drought seems to be like, it's finally caught up. What have you, what have you kind of heard? I just want to pick your brain for two, three minutes before we dig into the real fun stuff. I, I agree. I've been on the phone quite a bit over the last week with clients as well as outfitters. Um, and overall it's, it's been the hardest season in at least the last 20 years down there. So we gotta we gotta talk to some of the guys guys that are pretty gray to find one that was much worse than what That's, we've we've kind of been experiencing. But the growth is there. It's been yeah. a really funky rut. There's the, the deer are just not acting in their usual fashion. 
and we've got a weird rut going on. A lot of factors are playing into this, but big deer are still on cameras. Uh, we had a, a client shoot a 200, little over 200 inch deer. I think it was last Thursday or Friday. And he called me over the weekend to, uh, to tell me about it. And, oh, awesome. and another 195 in the same camp from a WTA client got shot last week. So there are some big deer hitting the deck, but it's overall, it's, it's definitely going to be a grind this year, which, you know, it is very unfortunate, but in the bright side of it, there's going to be a lot of big deer that typically would have been shot are not going to be. And there's going to be some carryover next year in Sonora that could really equate to a banner year, depending on on rainfall and rut. And, and make it through. So I was messaging, as you know, Jason Campbell. I mean, he spends six weeks a year in Sonora hunting. He goes down December 26th, and he basically hunts all the way through. And this is the first time that I've known him. He actually packed up and went home, and he said, the does are just, their estrus cycles are all messed up. And he related it to the drought. Which makes sense because I was I literally just got done hunting Mexican Texanas whitetails right across the border in uh, Tamaulipas from Laredo, and I was talking to the ranch owner there, and he was explaining. He goes, "These it's, it's the same type of thing, right? You're hunting a desert, and every once in a while you're going to get a drought, and it's going to throw things off for two or three years. It's going to kill some big deer, it's going to throw the does off, it's going to shrink the growth down." But he goes. That's the love and joy of hunting in the desert. And I, th I think that what he just said is that love and joy of hunting in the desert. That's it. You got to take some years like this. And then all of a sudden, you know how it is. You're going to get that one year and it seems like everybody shoots 190 to 200 inch deer down there. And that's just all the pictures you see. Yeah. Yeah. You got to take the good with the bad. Yep. Yep. No, that's, I mean, it's good hearing those, hearing those deer. And this is one I've been hearing, like, everybody's like, it's going to click on. It's just super late compared to what it's been. So it may be that thing, like, holy smokes, it, like, this is the time you start to think it's in the middle or starting to wind down. Maybe that last part of January is going to gonna click on and get super hot, hopefully. Yeah, you never know. I mean, it, even in a lot of the lower 48, the elk, mule deer, whitetail ruts seem to be a little late this year. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Maybe this is something, you know, ecological that's affecting affecting all these animals across North America. but. Just you know, yep. my own personal ponderings on on how that works. Now, the one thing I can say, I love hunting Sonora. I love hunting Mexico in January because it's out of the snow, and it's just one of those special things. The weather's warm. You're chasing deer, right? It's great. Oh, agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, di let's dig into some tag stuff here. Before we dig into Wyoming elk, we've got two turkey deadlines coming up we've got the state of iowa coming up on january 28th and the state of wyoming coming up on january 31st um so if any eastern turkey hunters around here are probably like what are you talking about a turkey draw right like a lot of the times it's just over the counter so just and don't you don't have to spend much time on these but just talk about iowa and wyoming okay so both of those offer extremely extremely high draw odds Iowa is a non-resident. You absolutely have to draw the tag in order to go there and hunt a turkey. Wyoming allows non-residents to purchase one general tag and draw one tag. So if you're if you're listening and you want to do a two-bird Merriam's hunt, 
in Wyoming, you must apply for one of the tags if you do want to take two birds. So have that on your radar. If you're already booked on a trip and you're interested in a second bird, you know, give us a call, give your outfitter a call and check on that just to make sure you get your, your app in if it's needed. Oh, that seems like a no-brainer then if you're already going to Wyoming to go turkey hunting to get that second tag. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you don't have two tags, you'll have a you'll have a set of five toms come in. That's, hey. that's how life works. Yep. Now, in, in Wyoming and Iowa, is it zone-specific or is it a state tag? It is zone-specific. They okay. do have them broke out. So okay. you do need to be sure of what you're applying for in those in both those states and now with kansas going to a draw on non-resident turkey tags those are also going to be be zone specific so make sure you know where you're applying and that's another good one so kansas february 9th is another uh turkey that's coming up and kansas never used to be a draw it switched to a draw is this the first year it switched it is it is the first year this is the first year and we spent a lot of time on the phone with the uh, Kansas Parks and Wildlife Department. Obviously, there is not a lot of data to go off of utilizing what they have and and kind of presumptive thought processes. It appears that, that it's going to be somewhere in that 80 to 90% draw rate for Kansas applicants. Okay. Uh, but obviously, that's a bit, bit speculatory until we get the draw results and we can see hard data. But let's hope these turkeys, I mean, across a lot of the U.S., rebound here in the coming years. I think we're in a a bit of a down cycle in certain places, but they'll certainly come back. Yep. All right. Now on to the big one, Wyoming elk, January 31st. Um, And we do do a ton of Wyoming elk applications. Obviously, Wyoming is one of the top states for elk. So break it down in as much detail as you can for everybody, Eric. So really anybody interested in elk hunting should consider or be applying into the Wyoming draw. Wyoming has such a diverse topography and style of hunts that are available across the state that there's something there that's going to fit for everybody. And that also falls into the point spectrum. There is a hunt for everybody. Once you've hit five points in Wyoming, there are 100% some really good, good options out there, regardless if we're talking some of these private ranches in the eastern, southern portion of the state that fall under the general tags, or if we're talking about going horseback into the wilderness and, and doing it a bit old school, which is a, you know, a style of hunt everybody should do once and probably when they're younger than older. But once you get that five-point mark, you can draw. And like I said, a lot of good options out there. And with Wyoming, every year you get more points. It's just going to open up additional opportunities to a guy. There is a threshold there where you kind of get in a no-man's land. Okay. So, you know, once you kind of hit that, let's call it 10 to 10 to 12, 10 to 13, you're, you're in a bit of a gap zone there where, where not a lot changes. Once you have that 13 plus, all of a sudden it's just this whole plethora of additional options start coming available to a guy. 
but it really boils down to personal preference in mm-hmm. Wyoming, just because there really is an ideal option for everybody there. Um, if you are a guy who, you know, maybe a bit older, slowing down, you really got to look at the Eastern portion of the state. If you're on a, you know, call it sub seven point mark, mm-hmm. those private ranches can be as easy or difficult as you want in terms of physicality, which is nice, especially, I mean, a lot of us are in a situation where we hunt with older family members. And I, I personally don't want to spend as much time in the pickup as, as maybe, you know, my, my dad or some of the older gentlemen that I, I hunt with, which great. They can ride the pickup. And, you know, I can take off and they can, they could take me to somewhere that's a little bit rougher per se, which fits into my wheelhouse. And I think there's a lot of us that hunt with, with dads, uncles, or, you know, our best hunting buddies happen to be 30 years older than us. So it's nice to have that variation on one giant ranch that allows everybody to get the best, best of both worlds in that respect. Oh, for sure. So when you were saying the third, what if you get to that thirteen plus points? What is that? What does that open up for you? So once a guy hits that thirteen plus, we have to start looking at some of the call it more premier areas in the state, and not to say that they're always better because yep. there are hunts that take nine points that are absolutely phenomenal. When you get up into these thirteen point hunts. They are absolutely solid opportunities. At that juncture, we're starting to think about, you know, Area 38, Area 7, some of the stuff in central Wyoming, the limited quota areas. Uh, Those are are truly some of the top tier hunts in Wyoming that a guy can, can have a very, what would I call this, managed hunt. They're not people everywhere, mm-hmm. ultra enjoyable from a pressure scenario. And there is the chance to take that once in a lifetime type of bull in those units. And those, then those really start at that 13 plus to get into to that type of stuff. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And when you get up into that point total, there's such a variety of, of options when you're looking at outfitters. I mean, and they vary from $7,000 to $17,000. There's really something in that segment that fits everybody's prerogative and budget, depending on what you're after. It's there. A lot of those units, especially when we're talking more of the public land units, the price point is extremely fair because the outfitters have to compete for clients. Yep. So it does help a guy if you have if you're looking to keep the cost of the actual trip down when you get up to that higher point level it really affords a guy a heck of a hunt for in exchange for waiting. Mm-hmm. Now as you've got I mean you deal with a lot of a lot of people's portfolios if they're if they're guys that are applying for elk in in the majority of the western states do you recommend Wyoming as as one that hey 
as we as we break apart your portfolio, this is one maybe you think long term on and say I'm gonna I'm gonna go for that thirteen plus point one or is it one that and I know it varies, right? If it's a younger guy that says I want to go on a horseback one, you're probably gonna send them send them early here. But like, what what's your recommendation there? Is it, is it one to go and try to get one drawn in that first five or seven years? Um, largely, yes. Okay, I would tell a lot of guys that getting more than eight points in Wyoming could could be almost counterproductive to the overall plan mm-hmm. that we have, especially when we're looking at multiple states. And another, you know. For a lot of applicants, there's there's bucket list items, a wilderness hunt. Yeah. I want to kill a bull with a bow. Um, I want to go to a hunt with my dad who can't get around very well anymore. And that's, I use Wyoming in a lot of those scenarios just because of that variety I mentioned earlier. And when you can draw a quality tag with five points and go knock some of these items out, it's it's just great from that perspective when we're waiting longer term in other states and Wyoming has, they have some really nice call it extras to it where during the archery season in Wyoming, you can hunt with a crossbow without any medical exemption required. And they don't have restrictions on crossbows. You know, it's definitely, I used a crossbow the last year I shot in Wyoming. I didn't have time to practice with my regular bow and I wasn't going to go wound an animal. Yep. That's a, so that, I, that, that's a great mindset right there. I elected to use a crossbow because I didn't have the time and confidence at that point. And I think there's, a, you know, all of us fight the battle of time. You yep. and I earlier were talking, you just got done with basketball mm-hmm. where all of us are chasing kids doing this, doing that. It's hard to practice with our bows, especially as we all sit outside. And I think the whole country's overwhelmed with this cold spell that it, who wants, to, I don't want to, I'm not going out to shoot my bow in negative 20. No. So no. The, the crossbows are great options for somebody who wants to experience the rut and is not either proficient or confident using a compound bow for a hunt of that magnitude but they're great with a crossbow. Wyoming's the perfect place. You can go hunt those bulls when they're screaming with a crossbow. It's extremely high success. And there's lots of options to go shoot bulls in that 300 to 320 range. So a super respectable animal and get that experience without having to go to a compound uh, compound bow. Yeah, no, that's... And, and the the crossbow compound one is we've we've talked about quite a I've talked about this on my podcast quite a bit and it's one of those common common questions I get right I'm a believer that if it's legal to use in your state we should all support it right even if you don't do it there's no pro, there's no problem with that right like if somebody uses a crossbow here in Michigan I don't I don't care truthfully because it's legal here you know what everybody's got different timings a big one if you don't practice i'd rather have you use a crossbow than a compound you're not comfortable with or if you've got or if you've got a back issue you know what i'd rather use a compound not or a a crossbow not hurt your back so you can hunt another five to ten years versus trying to use a compound and messing up your back or your shoulder or something oh yeah and then i mean the amount of guys who just I don't know. I don't know too many gentlemen who have made sixty and don't have arthritis in an elbow, shoulder, oh, or ham. Yeah. You know, those guys. You know, there's no reason they should have to stop being able to spend time in the woods 
during those archery seasons because of those physical limitations they have no control over. Yep. 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 So, but that's really nice about Wyoming. It's, it's just so simple and you can, you can have that September 1st through the end of the month to hunt. So you have a big window to get out there if you want to archery hunt. Uh, and regardless of point status, that applies to all the units in Wyoming. When you draw a type one tag in Wyoming, and we can dive into this a bit more in a second, you can always use a crossbow. There are no units in Wyoming that restrict you from doing so. Okay. Um, and that's something I think we should touch on quick is the just the tag types in Wyoming. Um, when you apply for an elk tag in Wyoming, you have there's a variety of types, but the most common are type one and type nine. A type one tag, when you successfully draw, is inherently a rifle tag. A type nine tag is inherently archery only. So on those type nines, you you know, if you're looking to draw in Wyoming, you need to pay attention to the season dates. The type nines will vary a little bit. Some are the month of September, some are September 1 to 14. And then there'll be a general hunt for the second half of the month. So that's something to be cognizant over. On the type one tags, if you draw it and you elect to hunt with archery equipment or a crossbow, you can simply purchase the archery endorsement. It's about $70 and you can go hunt the archery season. If you're unsuccessful, you can come back and hunt the rifle season. Mm. So it really opens up a giant window of time to plan a trip. Yeah, it does. That makes a ton of sense. Which on, is on Wyoming, so thinking wilderness, right? A lot of people think wilderness hunts in Wyoming just because of its location. It's got to be one of the top wilderness spots that there are for elk, right? Yeah. The Western Wyoming has a, for, you know, everyone, I, it's a somewhat of a misconception when it comes to the term wilderness. Everybody hears wilderness and they think that <laughs> it is game rich elk areas. Yep. It's in fact, in most of the U.S., wilderness areas have lower game densities than a lot of other places, specifically when we start talking about, you know, Idaho, Montana, you get up into portions of the Wyoming wildernesses that, you know, certain areas have low densities, specifically Idaho, Montana. Mm -hmm. Those out deal with grizzlies. They deal with wolves. They deal with coyotes. They deal with horrible weather conditions. But a large contributor to Wyoming having such a robust population is the winter range. There is a lot of winter range for those elk to dump into. And then Wyoming has the feed grounds where they supplement these elk and it's proven to, to sustain them through the winter and it's boomed for their elk population. Yeah, no, I've, I've the only, so I've done a couple wilderness hunts and I did one in Idaho to where I shot the only bull on day four that I saw. Right. Like that's, if you, like for me, if you, if you talk about a wilderness hunt, like that's, it's a lot thicker in generally. Right. So you could hear a lot of bulls. You're not going to see them as, as some of those open ranches. So it's just that kind of setting that mentality before you get in there. Oh, exactly. Yeah. But at least with Wyoming, 
I would say that success rates on those wilderness hunts are as high in Wyoming as anywhere year in and year out, if not the best year in and year out. And that is something to note. In the state of Wyoming, as a non-resident, you cannot legally enter a designated wilderness unless you are with an outfitter or a resident guide, you know, family member, friend, etc. So you and I could not step into the state of Wyoming and enter a wilderness without one of those, you know, pre-stipulated conditions being present hmm. on the hunt with us. Okay. Well, that's good to know for anybody that anybody that's listening. So, but if we, you know, kind of jumping back to where we were, we were going earlier with some of the point totals, you know, that 13 point threshold, we went through that, that, you know, eight to 13, we have that gap at 10 to 13 in a lot of country, but that eight to 10 spot is, is really a sweet spot in Wyoming where there's a number of units that can be drawn that have great quality, great success. They might be priced, they are priced a little bit higher when we're looking at outfitters. And that's simply because there's a larger pool of clientele there. These hunts have a bit more of a price point because they don't have to compete at the same level to to get prospective hunters. But the quality is absolutely there. That's, you know, a lot of my guys that are trophy minded in Wyoming, that eight to 10 point threshold is where we typically are going to cash those points in and go hunting. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's a key statement right there. That was the one I was looking for is where, like, where do you cash those ones in? And that sounds like it was it. Yeah, that's definitely called the sweet spot to me in Wyoming, staying right in that wheelhouse. Um, uh, another point to the Wyoming draw that, that I guess we didn't touch on initially, Mark, is how they allocate tags in terms of the draw and the different, the special versus regular. And, and maybe that would be good to touch on. Absolutely. So in the state of Wyoming, they allocate 16% of the total non-resident elk tags to, or the total tags to non-residents in limited quota areas. Within that 16%, we as non-residents have two different pools to draw from. One is the special, the other is what they call the regular. Okay. The tag has no difference. If I draw a unit seven tag in the special or the regular, the privileges allotted are no different. I can shoot one bull elk. The difference is on the special, you will pay, they just uh, did increase the tags there. It's roughly $2,000 if you draw it in the special category for 2024 onward. So the price is higher. With that price coming higher, you'll typically get better draws. It's not uncommon to be able to draw a tag in the special with five points that'll take eight in the regular. And that two to three year difference is very common when you compare special to regular for drawing outside of max point units. Okay. So that's something for guys to consider too, uh, is how I want to apply regular or special. Do I want to wait? Or if I want to go now, is the special the better option? Is it going to cut two to three years off my wait time? Um, 
Another key component with how they allocate these tags is the fact Wyoming does offer 100% random tags. Although Wyoming has a preference point system, those random tags are available. 75% of the tags in a unit will go to whomever applies with the most points. 25% are going to go randomly and they are allotted to anybody who applies and is unsuccessful. It's a straight lottery. You do not have any preference based on on your points. It's simply your name goes into the hat once, regardless if you applied the first year or this is year 15. And so it does equal out the odds. And that is the draw odds for the random tags in Wyoming. Really, they're they're wonderful when you compare it to other states that have that random element to them. Wyoming's rods for premium tags will rival or exceed what these other states are because too many people get stuck in the rut of just saying, I'll buy a point. Mm -hmm. Well, if you could potentially go on a hunt this year, you should be applying there. If you apply in Arizona, you apply in New Mexico, those are two areas that have random elements to their draw. You should not just be purchasing points in Wyoming. You should be applying for an actual tag. Because if you can hit a tag early through the random, you can turn around and start building points towards drawing drawing that hunt you were originally after. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, for sure. And now, like for anybody that's listening, this is why we're we're breaking apart the states a little bit more specific this year than we've done in the past, just because of this detail that you've been able to go over, Eric. Like the special, the regular. Like this is a lot for the people that are listening. This is the detail that I think really they want to listen to is all this stuff in the state, right? The, the, the zones, the points, all the special, the application stuff. I think this is, this is really what we're trying to get into right here. And I get this. We're throwing a lot here in a short time period. Yep. So, you know, if anybody out there is listening and it's just not making sense, please pick up the phone, give our, give us a call. We will be more than happy to clarify and, and help make sure your understanding of what's going on and assist you how we can. Yep. Yep. Perfect. So what so else, no, I, what else on Wyoming before we switch her over to Arizona? No, I think, I think that gives everybody a really solid, you know, understanding of what's going on in Wyoming. So just remember, make sure January 31st, you have those apps in the Wyoming system is notorious for having issues the last couple of days. So don't wait till the last minute, get those things turned in a couple of days before the deadline. Yep. Yep. Always better to give a few more days. WTA tags is a full service licensing program available to today's sportsmen. Bottom line, they help hunters draw the very best limited entry, big game tags. They offer professional consultation on where to apply and then properly complete and submit your applications to the States. Tags has the easiest, most reliable, and most complete service to assist you in drawing that tag of a lifetime. 
For a free tags consultation, call 1-800-755-8247 or visit them online at WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com slash tags. That's WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com slash T-A-G-S. I'm a believer in using the best, and that's exactly what Gunworks rifles are, the best on the market. If you want to sharpen your skills and ability, make sure to check out their Long Range University. From the rifle build to the perfect shot, Gunworks is your partner in the pursuit of long-range perfection, 1,000 yards out of the box. No matter where I'm hunting in the world, I'm always wearing my Mindo boots. I guess you could say that I sort of live in my Mindo hunting boots. And right now at MindoUSA.com, you can use promo code MPJOURNEY to get a free pair of socks when you order up a pair of boots. Again, that's promo code MPJOURNEY at MindoUSA.com. Now back to the journey within. So no, I think we're covered there. We can pop over to Arizona if you'd like. Let's talk Arizona. Let's talk antelope before we dig into the the Elka, Arizona. So Arizona antelope hunting, as most of us probably know, some of the the best antelope in North America every year are going to come out of the state of Arizona. The overall population in Arizona has seen its ups and downs. the tag numbers are still extremely low. So if you are considering applying in Arizona, you need to be ready for a very long haul in terms of drawing those tags. But it is one of the best trophy producing areas out there. If you're gonna apply in Arizona, they do offer some uh, archery only tags and the antelope overall are extremely docile in a lot of these units. They don't get the hunting pressure that antelope do in a lot of other places. So if you're an archer, this would be a great place to consider applying for an antelope tag with archery equipment as opposed to a rifle. Just try to help yourself in any way. Just a little edge can make a big difference for drawing one of these coveted tags. Now in Arizona, what kind of what kind of point numbers are you talking about? Unless you are under 20, the likelihood of ever drawing in the actual point side of it it is nearly impossible. Arizona allocates 10% of those tags to non-residents, of which 5% or half are going to go to whomever applies with the most points, and the other 5% or half the tags will go randomly. So the Arizona antelope, with some of the reductions, it's really turned into a war of attrition of who can live the longest or just be lucky yep okay so as you like how as you approach arizona for guys that that look at it right so if you got a younger guy you're probably encouraging him to get in there because when he draws that tag i mean you're gonna pull it you're gonna shoot a big goat right like you're you're gonna do that on on the other guys for arizona is it is it one that you kind of feel them out like do they some guys will say hey i'm i'm good with even a little chance right of drawing that tag and i'll roll the dice it, exactly right. And some folks, you know, once we have that conversation, they say, hey, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm 65. Time is not my friend at the moment. So we shift gears and we look at other options that still can produce a, a great trophy, but have the potential to draw in a in a much quicker time frame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Arizona is going to be tough to beat from a trophy perspective outside of Arizona. You've got New Mexico uh, and Wyoming 
that are two other, call it synonymous producers, a trophy antelope. There are great goats in all every other state as well, but hitting the high spots here, you know, those states can compete with Arizona, but you know, when you look at the record books, Arizona's got its name in there a lot. Mm-hmm. This is just got some big, big goats. Right genetics, right, right environment. Yep. Yep, for sure. All right. Arizona also known for big elk. <laughs> yeah, I think every one of us is uh would would consider amputating a toe for <laughs> for the right elk tag in Arizona. Yep. Some of us I'm sure would do it. Yeah, for sure. No, just like on the antelope, with Arizona elk, we're looking at ten percent of the tags as non residents. Um Arizona is easily one of the most sought after elk states out there, and rightfully so. You know, there are a lot of tags available. Arizona has a very stable, robust elk herd. So we don't have to worry about massive cuts, weird things happening. For guys that are considering applying, it's very stable from that perspective. So you can, you know, it's not one of those things where you jump in now and five years from now, you know, you you get hit with a curveball. Uh-huh. It is you know, you're looking at a long haul with a lot of these Arizona elk tags, especially if you are wanting an early rifle, the rut gun tag. That that's a lot like the antelope tags. You need to be ready to be told no a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you ever draw it, you're probably in for the greatest elk hunt of your life. Yeah. And, the, uh, and like the what's the I guess the toughness level of an Arizona elk compared, like we just talked about Wyoming, right? Wyoming's such a big state and you've got the, the West side. That's, that's more wilderness. You got the the East side. That's more ranch. Like what is, what is Arizona as a state? If you break it apart? Yeah. Arizona is also has a wide array of topography. Um, and a lot of it is, is mild by elk standards when you compare it to the Colorados, mm-hmm. the Utahs, some of Montana's. There, Arizona is very accessible. So even for guys that are looking at getting going on an Arizona application at 40, if you draw at 60, but you can still walk, you're going to be fine. You do not need to be a triathlete to hunt a lot of these areas in Arizona and be successful. A lot of it, you might cover ground, but you know it's big pinyon juniper flats. It's rolling hills. It's not 3,000 feet of elevation gain up avalanche shoots. Mm-hmm. Big difference there. Uh, so those hunts can definitely be tailored to individual physical abilities, but... On the flip side, Arizona has hunts that I absolutely would need to go to a gym religiously <laughs> for months before I went and did it because it is extremely rough. You get in the specifically some of that stuff on the on the eastern side of the state bordering Arizona or bordering New Mexico, mackerel. It's huge, huge, steep, rugged country. So first of all, so, you're, t- you're telling me you're not hitting the gym every day right now? No, no, unless you count <laughs> wrestling with my kids in the living room. No, there's not not a lot of gym time at the moment. Okay, boss. okay, just, just wanted to check. Just wanted to check. Uh, 
but no, so a lot of options there in Arizona and for guys that are applying, just getting going, you know, strategy is huge in Arizona as they do offer archery, muzzleloader and rifle tags. Currently, you cannot use a crossbow in Arizona unless you have a medical exemption to do so. So if you do have have that, it is an option to apply with archery equipment, then utilize a crossbow on muzzleloaders. Currently, Arizona is still anything goes. Okay. That is looking that's looking like it's going to change very quickly. Utah just shifted over or actually reverted back to previous rules of fixed one power or iron sights. Okay. And from what I'm being told, it Arizona will most likely go that direction within the next two years as well. So something to consider for guys that are currently applying with a muzzleloader, watch for that change as well. Most of the Arizona, the sought after muzzleloader hunts are in the rut time frame. Arizona also offers some November hunts. So not having that that long range ability is going to affect guys that have been looking at those November options much more than the guys who are doing the rut hunts are going to be affected by by any type of a change. Uh, then on the rifle home front, we have a bit of variety in Arizona. A lot of units do offer that early bugle gun tag, mm-hmm. and some of those units will vary. One year, like unit one in 27, for instance, they will flip-flop each year one will have an early rifle, one will have an early muzzleloader. The next year, they'll switch back and forth, etc. So when you're applying in Arizona, you've got to watch for that flip-flop and that movement. Uh, outside of the early hunts, most of these, a lot of these units will also have a late rifle hunt that takes place sometime in November, December. And these are the most realistic tags to draw in the state. Okay. So... The late rifle seasons should should be on everyone's radar, especially if you are looking to draw sooner than later. They are exceptional hunts, and the quality is, I mean, we have great bulls shot on the late rifle hunts every year that are in that 340 to 360 range. So once-in-a-lifetime type bulls for most of us but a lot of 300 to 330. So definitely, you know, solid wall hanger type bulls. And you can draw a lot of these late rifle tags with eight to 12 points. So it makes it a very viable option for most applicants. For sure. For sure. And Arizona is just one of those states. I think that every elk cutter, it's on the list, right? Like you have the spots you want to hunt and Arizona's on that list. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know it's it, on it's on my list. Uh, it, exactly for for folks sitting at home, just you know, Google Unit Ten Arizona Bulls, Google Unit Twenty Three Arizona Bulls. If you have not thought about applying in Arizona and you do that, I promise it'll start <laughs> crossing your mind because well, the top end potential is there, and that's something I I think we could probably touch on there, Mark. To is. You know, Arizona allows multiple choices on your application. So that's where that major strategy comes into play. You know, a guy, a guy like you who does a fair bit of hunting mm-hmm. and is on the younger side, has time to continue to apply. Well, you might just say, Eric, I only want the best of the best. So 
first choice is an early rifle tag in unit 10 followed up by a unit 23 archery tag Mm -hmm. you've probably got better odds of being hit by a lightning than (laughs) drawing either one but if you get it it's worth it because you have that time to play with these draws Mm -hmm. if a gentleman's in his 50s and he's he's looking to draw sooner than later we still don't want to take away from his once in a lifetime opportunity so yeah maybe we apply early rifle as his first choice and back it up with one of these really solid late rifle hunts. You can mix and match these choices and you can use different weapons on the same, you know, archery is first, rifle is second, etc. And mix that up a little bit to maximize a guy's a guy's draw odds depending on their personal preferences. Yeah. And that's all that's part for anybody that's listening. I think we probably beat this to death, but everybody's portfolio is different from another person's right like i we out of all the people we deal with we may have a couple that have the same portfolio but i would find it very rare that somebody has this anybody the same right so when we consult for you and we break everything down it's it's all about a lot of what your goals are your age that you're at what weapons you're comfortable with and and really what you want to do and we can break these portfolios apart and really just i mean it's it's a portfolio specifically for you exactly everything is tailored to your personal preferences yeah no arizona is one that you definitely i mean you gotta get on your list if you're in elk hunter you gotta apply for that one right like eric i think we talked about this what would you rate like if you had to go for application states what are your one through five for elk only yeah elk only oh that's easy we'll just go from north to south this isn't an order of importance montana Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona. All right. There it is. And I, I mean, the versatility for guys out there listening, if you, if you are an elk hunter or you want to get into elk hunting, those are, those states are more than just a foundation. That's like having a found, that's being almost dried in on a home. If you get going in those five states, that there's just so much versatility, how you can play with those applications over a 20 year time span or tighter, depending on preference again, of how often you want to draw where you can really, really get some great hunting in on those. One of the things I forgot to ask, what's the minimum age to apply for in Wyoming and Arizona? So Wyoming is 12 years old. They need to be 12 in Wyoming and Arizona is actually 10. Okay. And both of these, I think that's a great, great thing to circle on here. They both offer reduced price applications for youth. They do not have youth only tags per se, but the cost to apply kids is much, much cheaper. When we look at Arizona, you and I as adults have to purchase a $160 non-resident hunting license in order to apply. It's a prerequisite. Mm -hmm. If you have a child aged 10 to 17, that same license is $5. So you can build your kids or grandkids points at an extremely affordable rate in a state like Arizona, where it's $5 for the license, $13 or $15 per an application. So at least get them deer and elk points where at $30, we got five bucks, 35 bucks a year. 
And from 10 to 17, you can get those first seven points purchased on their behalf for under $220. That gives them a heck of a foundation in that state to build on and draw that great tag one day. Well, and it just gives them that much more of a head start, right? Like just, I mean, think about Arizona, you're applying at 10. Um, this kind of circles up. So if you're, if you have a portfolio with us at WTA kids apply free, right? So if you've got a kid in there, that's why I wanted to bring this up and you want to give them, if you've, if you've got that young one that you can tell is, is into hunting, right? You can give them that giant head start on points across the West and States right here, right? Like just, just imagine, cause by the time you start applying them at 10, um, they get done as high school at 18, go to a trade school, go to, go to college, whatever it is They're I mean, they're 12 points in, right. Right. When they're, I mean, man, I wish I had 12 points when I was 22 to start going there. Oh, 20, exactly right. 22 if, points at, at 32, right. Like you're right. I mean, th- that's, it's and not just Arizona and Wyoming, what we're talking about here for, for getting kids applied. It's every state we're talking about. Exactly. The opportunities that you and I can, you know, we either have to get extremely lucky or only dream about Mm -hmm. because we did not start at 10 and 12 in all these states. Start the kids now. That makes it realistic when they are in their 30s. They could be drawing some of the most coveted tags in Arizona, Wyoming, etc. for elk, mule deer, sheep. It's out there. Yeah. Um, and the youth the youth application strategy in both of these states, maybe we can touch on that quickly. Absolutely. As well. Where Arizona, to me, regardless youth adult, you always apply in Arizona. The only reason you would do a preference point only or bonus point only in Arizona is you absolutely can't hunt. If there's any chance you can hunt, you swing for the fences when you apply for the two greatest tags in the state. If you are drawn and it comes back to, I honestly cannot go Arizona's point guard program, which at WTA tags, we automatically enroll everybody in point guard Mm -hmm. to cover them, allows you to turn the tag back in and receive all of your points back. So there's no loss. No penalty. Yep. That's why I say, even if you don't think you want to tag, don't waste a year. Swing for the fence. If you draw one of these truly top tier Arizona tags, you know most of us would move move mountains to make that hunt work in our schedules. Mm-hmm. And Wyoming, they do not allow us to turn tags back in. But if you have a a son, daughter, youth that has you know, just a few points and you think you can get them out on a hunt, talk to a consultant, apply for a hunt that has lengthy season dates. Most of the Wyoming hunts have approximately a one month rifle season and a one month archery season. So make sure the unit that your son, daughter is going to be applied into has that big window. If they draw one of those random tags we previously previously discussed even if it's a quick three or four day trip you know it could it could be the opportunity of a lifetime so i would say always apply if you can make even a quick trip work do not just buy a point apply take your chances it might be the year you get that that truly special tag no 
And that's one I can't believe I waited till the end to bring that up. I should have mentioned that earlier when we were going over Wyoming. Um, it's just we get so many questions on the on the youth applies free here, and it's such a great program. If you got kids that that are into hunting, like I've got three kids, I can tell one of them right. My youngest is the one that's into hunting, so I've got her applied all over the West, um, and she may not draw a tag while before she's eighteen, right? But I've gave her that head start that she's going to be drawing tags in her twenties that are premium tags that I'm probably not going to draw until I'm in my mid forties, just based off when I started applying. Oh, exactly. Worst case scenario, you get to go with her. Exactly. And trust me, at some point in time, like my dad tells the story, it flips, right? Like he took care of when I was younger and even when we went up woodcock hunting here in Michigan, right? He took care of all the details, every single thing. And then all of a sudden it hits that point that the kid starts planning everything. And the kid being me in my scenario with my dad, but I started planning all the details and he's gone on multiple trips with me to where he's just, just with me. Right. Like, I, like it's kind of the roles reversed to when the kid's younger and, and you take them out and you're kind of leading the, then it's reversed. Now the kid's leading the way. Yeah, I guess I can, I can say, I can't wait for that day myself. I don't know about <laughs> you, but it'd be, it'd be nice to, to not have to worry about everybody bringing their sleeping bags and necessity items. Oh my goodness. I know it's funny you bring that up. Right? When we packed a deer camp here in Michigan, we don't even go that far. It's it's 35 minutes away. It is such a fiasco to make sure the kids got all their stuff. I'm basically packing four times for myself, right? Like you got the list, you're going through, you got the boots, you got the hand warmers, you got the back, like you got to go through everything. Like that's probably the most stressful pack that I've got is just making sure that when I go out and with all my kids that they got all their stuff. <laughs> you and me both that's what when you mentioned that i'm like i, I brought up bad memories right like I, it was worse when they were younger it's better now because i can give them a list but when they were younger it's just like the same thing with the sleeping bag you gotta have a sleeping bag and you all of a sudden everybody will get there and they'll be like what are you talking about a sleeping bag and a pillow you're like oh yeah five people three sleeping bags oh <laughs> what, what are we doing here yeah yep so but no just everybody Arizona, Wyoming, two great options for the kids. So don't overlook them regardless of age. Well, Eric, thanks again for coming on today, covering Wyoming and Arizona, a couple of can't miss elk states and also antelope in Arizona. Um, We've got another big one coming up in March. That's March 20th. It's all species in New Mexico. So we're going to do another podcast on that one. We'll probably just cover New Mexico. We may get into Montana elk deer in the big game combo which is coming up on april 1st but we are by far in the middle of all the tag applications so again if you guys are looking for more information or want to get applied give eric and the other guys at the office a call and get your portfolio going today but thanks again eric thank you for having me on mark i hope you have a great day yeah you too Thanks for all your support and downloads. If you like this episode, please go and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts as that always helps. Do you want to book that hunt of a lifetime? Then give the team at Worldwide Trophy Adventures a call at 1-800-346-8747. Or if you want to start a tags portfolio for those limited entry tags, call 1-800-755-8247. Enjoy your journey. Enjoy your journey.